B-Pod Studios. Comic books, video games, anime, sci-fi. If you've been made fun of for it, we're probably going to talk about it. One question. Is it too late to change the name? Nerd Radio starts now. Welcome, everyone, to another week of Nerd Radio, a very packed nerd radio. Man, James is getting right in on the camera as I'm introducing the show. <laughs> he's getting <laughs> he's really, really close. He is. Man, it feels so intimate now. <laughs> My name is Chuck Bean. I'm joined by uh, Mr. Al Beck and James. Hello. Let's get intimate together. Oh, no. On Nerd Radio. Oh, no. A special ASMR version of Nerd Radio. Gonna get real erotic here. <laughs> <laughs> if you get too erotic, DMX is gonna come in. Yeah, right. I'll get erotic with childlike words to use for all the descriptive parts. Hmm. Man, so DMX is now on Boner Patrol too. I. He's gonna have to be. He's gonna. It someone's got like. to. It, it's gonna. DMX be is a busy show. man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're joined this week also by Player One, Mr. Mark Cooper. Mark, say hi to the folks. Hey, how's everybody doing? We're happy to have you aboard, Mark. You've got a new record on yeah. the way. You just had a listening party on Monday, and uh, when's the record coming out? Uh, July 9th. Okay. What'd you have, Al? Yeah. I was just gonna say I'm actually impressed that he stuck with us through that intro. So. Yeah, that's true. thanks mark it, hey hey man you know i love your i love the content that you guys have and it makes me love him there he he could have bailed and none of us would have blamed him but at the same time mark's listening to the show man he knows what he's in for yeah he knows <laughs> yeah for sure so your new album is called test drive why don't you tell the people a little bit about it and uh we'll we'll talk more about it as the show progresses but uh give him give him the elevator pitch okay well, uh, Test Drive is the third installment of my um, Player One series. It was long story short, I'm stuck in a game called Nerdcore, which is a music genre that's for nerds, pretty much. And I just basically made like a whole phenom story about it. So this is part three where I'm actually riding to a particular destination of different type of music. So I do things when I mix synthwave and hip hop and put all together and have fun with it. We'll get into that coming up on the show, but we've got a bunch of nerd stuff to get to. And I would be remiss if we didn't start with the biggest story in nerd culture this week. And that is the return of Michael Keaton to the DC universe as mm-hmm. Batman. I'm sure you guys have talked about this already, James and Al, but where, where do you stand for nerd radio listeners? Uh, for me personally, I don't know. I mean, whatever is cool. It's a bit of a throwback to, you know, Batman and Batman Returns. I don't know that it necessarily I think Michael Keaton was the best Batman. So I don't know, you know, why there's so much hype around it, but it's cool. I don't mind him, you know, as the character. I guess we'll see. Because yeah. this is going to be one of those like weird, like inner universe movies right where like the flash time travels or something or he goes to some other universe within the dc universe so it gets kind of above my level of knowledge and brain capacity to really comprehend yeah so i don't know is it it the same exact batman like is he the same exact batman as batman and batman returns are they in the same universe as all the other dc movies It's, it's it's weird you know yeah, I will say that, uh, you know, jumping into different realities, different, uh, you know, throughout the multiverse or even time traveling, that's an established thing with the speed force as far as Flash is concerned. So it's not, you know, stepping too far outside of the realm of possibility as comics are already established. Um, I, you know what? Although I do agree that, you know, Michael Keaton 
may or may not be the best Batman ever. He's certainly in the conversation anyway. He was amazing. And I just love Michael Keaton. So I think it's a great idea. And if they have some, you know, reasonable way to work him back in as an older Batman. I mean, even doing sort of like a, like a Dark Knight Returns thing, you know, the old Frank Miller thing where he's an aged, retired Batman. I wouldn't mind seeing that. And I, I can't really think of any former Batman I'd rather see do it more than Michael Keaton. You know what I mean? So I, I love it. I hope it kind of pans out. No, did we lose Chuck? <laughs> I know he was listening so intently, I thought. Whatever you said must have put him to sleep, Al. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you were frozen, Chuck. I'm so sorry. I was going to say the the Flash movie that Ezra Miller is doing is going to be based on the Flashpoint comic books. Oh, okay, yeah. Which, which first of all, how funny is it that a guy whose superpower is to run fast at a very early point, the writers were like, "Running fast ain't enough. We got to do something else with this." What if he runs so fast, yeah. that he travels in time? Yeah. <laughs> But it's also funny to me as a comic book fan that in order to do a movie on this character, they have to pick a story that is so recent. Right. Because that was that was what uh, led into the new 52. That was a Jeff Johns thing, I think. uh, Flashpoint. Yeah. Like that story is maybe 20 years old at most. Flashpoint. I think that's like 10, 10 years old. You might be right. The Jeff Johns one, right? Yep. I think I'm I'm saying 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Yeah, and you're probably more dead on than I am because you're the DC guy. I'm the Marvel guy. <laughs> well, I also had like a big gap in my comic book reading, and um, I was definitely reading it when Flashpoint was out, like when those were new. So I'm thinking about 10 years. But that's what the, uh, the write-up I saw in Hollywood Reporter said, is that Keaton is pretty much going to take on the role of an alternate reality Batman. Uh, when Flash goes back in time to save his parents and then screws up the whole timeline. Yeah. I'm interested to see um, more, less like the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns Batman and maybe a little bit more like the Batman Beyond version sure. of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's the other I option. I think Michael Keaton would, would, really be, would really do well in that type of role. Yeah. And I also think it's funny that he was in that first Spider-Man movie and crushed it <laughs> as Vulture. Vulture, yeah. And I yeah. wonder if that had anything to do with uh, Warner Brothers going like, all right, let's let's see how much Michael Keaton wants to not do any more Marvel movies. <laughs> well, he still he still makes that that very famous claim. I'm Batman. He says it all the time. Still, he, what was it like two years ago? He did that uh, graduation speech for a university and slipped that yeah. into the end, you know? That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He still I think does. even did that on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I was just, I, I just shared that story uh, on the morning show when we talked about this. That I, I guess when he was a guest host uh, on SNL, you know, they usually, uh, it's a tradition where they'll take the host out for a dinner, the whole cast and everything. And uh, Michael Keaton went to reach for the bill. And, you know, one of the producers or one of the cast members was like, whoa, 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 like we treat you. You're the host. You're the guest this week. We pick up the tab. No, no, no. I'll get it. Like, Michael, no, like we always pay for it. He just looked at him and said, listen, I'm Batman. I'm paying this bill. <laughs> he ended up <laughs> buying the dinner for everybody. Can you imagine how much mileage Michael Keaton has got off that in the last, like, I don't know, 30 years? Oh, my God. And it wins every argument. Like, if you are Michael Keaton and you're arguing back and forth all he has to say is i'm batman you're like well you're right you've got, you've got nothing to say to that he gets pulled over for like a traffic violation he's like i'm batman I'm like i'm sorry mr yeah. batman 
Yeah, I will say this, like going back to when James mentioned, you know, is he the best Batman? Yes or no. And yes, he's certainly in the conversation. I think we all agree with that anyway. Out of all the former Batman, though, to me, he's still he's the one that still is Batman to me. <laughs> he never stopped being Batman. He never stopped being Batman. In the same way that uh, Ryan Reynolds will always be Deadpool. Michael right, Keaton right. Will consistently be Batman. Uh, Mark, do you have a favorite Batman when it comes to the movies? Um, it's definitely Keaton when it comes to that. But yeah, it's definitely Keaton. Mm. I even know I like the Adam West back in the day, but definitely right. Keaton for sure. <laughs> definitely. Is yeah, because sure. I, I know that we've had this conversation multiple times in the show about oh, yeah. like which is our favorite favorite versions of Batman, which ones we think think are the best. But you're the guest, so you have a new opinion. I was curious yeah. where you stood. Oh yeah. You know, Adam West had the better dance moves, so <laughs> It's a great point. It's a wonderful point. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't think we've ever taken in this direction. Okay. So Batman has been, obviously he's a comic book character. He's had movies, he's had uh, cartoons and uh, video games and television shows. What's your favorite interpretation of Batman? Oh, because I'm thinking like, there's been some great Batman video games. True. I'm not as much of a gamer as uh, say you and James are, though, so I, I would have to lean towards movies personally. And I don't know, man, like that Dark Knight trilogy was great. And I yeah. think some of the other characters surrounding him were done so well. I mean, you know, I, it's off the top of my head. Christian Bale stuff? Yeah, the Christian Bale stuff, the Christopher Nolan yeah. Dark Knight trilogy. So, I mean... If I really sat down and, and really thought about it, I could go back and forth and I'm sure make arguments for a lot of the different Batman. But uh, off the top of my head, I, I might actually go the, the Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale. Yeah. I'm thinking like the probably the animated series in the 90s is probably oh, just yeah. like that's peak Batman. Well, you also got Mark Hamill, right? Yeah, as the Joker. The Joker. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about Batman, um, another a, a bit of sad news. Uh, Joel Schumacher passed away mm-hmm. this week, and uh, he, of course, is famous for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, the uh, movies that had George Clooney and Val Kilmer in them. He'll always be known as the man that gave the bat suit nipples. That's right. Yeah, that's what he, he <laughs> that's actually, his legacy. That's what he'd said in an interview. He'd always go down over the uh, the nipples on Batman, starting with Batman Forever. Yeah, man. Famous for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. That's let's not speak ill of the dead. Well, that's true. No, if you look through his uh, his filmography, though, he did do some great. He did the, uh, he the did. Lost Boys back in '87, and that was a, he also did Falling Down, which I haven't thought of that movie in forever. In '93 yeah. with uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. So he did some really good movies. Too, he really did, say. though. It's just kind of funny to to bring up. Batman. I mean, it was the segue from our other conversation to the new conversation. Oh, absolutely. So it was a perfect jumping off point. But yeah, out of all the well, movies he has. No matter what that man had done, it's always going to be the bat suit nipples, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's always going to be the bat nipples. The bat nips. I'm bat- known for the bat nips. Bat yep. nips. <laughs> and I wanted to, in keeping with the Batman theme, I wanted to bring this up to you guys because this week uh, at the comic book stores is uh, what we we like to call previews week. It's when the previews magazine comes out. Sure, yeah. You tell us what's coming out in three months. And um, I was scrolling through the previews magazine the other day, yesterday, and I came across this. You guys clearly remember the uh, the Batman series we got last year where you got to see 
his flaccid yeah. penis. Uh, well, how can I forget? <laughs> right. The, the bat dong. The, uh, the comic book character Cerebrus the Aardvark, which is uh, a legendary independent comic, he's got a, a comic that goes on right now where every issue is a first issue and it, every cover is kind of a um, an homage or a parody of those covers. Okay. And here's the one I'm going to share it on my screen. Here's the one that comes out in September. If you guys can see this. Uh-huh. Yep. It's the cover to the, that Batman book. And it just has, uh, it has the, the writer and the artist and it says bat bark. And then in giant letters, it says penis. <laughs> take, take, take my money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one sale. I don't know what's going to be inside, but I'm interested. We have my attention. <laughs> I don't know that uh, I don't know that there will be aardvark penis in there, but what a great parody cover. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the Batman news I had for you. Everything else. Oh, my is, goodness. Is, We're out of Batman news. It's distinctively less Batman like, but uh, definitely wanted to talk about Michael Keaton returning as Batman in this Flash movie. Apparently, they're only in the the beginning talks of this. Like, it's not a sure thing. Mm-hmm. I would like it, though. I, I would really enjoy seeing that happen. It would be cool. I know that they just did. Uh, we talked a couple of months ago. They did the uh, the crisis thing with the Flash TV show, and and they had Ezra Miller do a scene with TV Flash, mm-hmm. and they also had the guy who was the voice of Batman in the uh, the old cartoon, yeah, be a an older Bruce Wayne, yeah. which was cool. But everyone was really curious if we'd get some uh, if we we get some Michael Keaton in yeah. that. And that didn't pan out. I will say I don't feel like I need it. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, when they decided to come out and, and extend, you know, episode seven of Star Wars. Like you were, you wanted to see Han, you wanted to see Luke Skywalker. You like you had people that you needed in that movie. I don't feel like that about seeing Keaton again as Batman. I am okay. happy with it, and I would love to see it, but like I don't feel like I need it. Like if they're in the talks right now, if it doesn't pan out, it won't ruin my day. Whereas, sure. hey, Star Wars Episode Seven's coming out and we couldn't get Mark Hamill. Well, then what's the point? You know, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit of a different approach, I think. If you could get Harrison Ford, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you could get just about anybody. I am still convinced that the only reason they got Harrison Ford was he was like, you kill him. <laughs> yeah, I only got to do one more of these, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was his idea. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a short break and come back with uh, Mr. Mark Cooper and more Nerd Radio. We've got some news about Pokemon, and you guys are going to have to indulge me because I got Transformers news. Ah, crap! Oh, man. Sorry. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. Yo, what's up, y'all? DMC in the place to be. Full-fledged member of the Hollis crew. You know what we do. This is Nerd Radio. Welcome back to more Nerd Radio on the podcast page at WRAF.com. Also in Boston. Rock929rocks.com. And, of course, at some point before 2020 is over, we hope to be back in the Checkpoint XP studio so you can watch us record these. We certainly do hope. 
We'll be back in the studio at one point. But you can find us uh, Wednesday afternoons over at twitch.tv slash checkpoint XP. So Pokemon news, just I think it was the day after we recorded last week's Nerd Radio, uh, Nintendo revealed that they're bringing back Pokemon Snap was a game on the Nintendo 64 where you essentially went to the zoo and took pictures of Pokemon and it's coming to the switch. Are you excited, Mark? Yes, very excited because now we could take pictures of more than 12 Pokemon because in that game it was like, you need to throw it at this tree and then this Pikachu comes out. What are you talking about? (laughs) That's true because the original game was only when they had 150 of the Pokemon so now there's, you know, well over a thousand so it'll be interesting to see which ones are in the uh, in the zoo for this particular one. Mm-hmm. So you could almost call this game like tourist, where you, technically they just put you in like a virtual city of another another foreign destination, and you just take pictures of landmarks and stuff. That's kind of what you do in this game. Yeah, that's essentially what you you end up in a uh, a Pokemon park. At least in the very first one, you end up in a Pokemon park, and instead of throwing Pokeballs to catch Pokemon, you're just taking pictures of them. So they give you a couple of toys, like a, a ball to throw to the Pikachu to uh, get him to to play with it. And then, you know, you get to see them interact with each other. And so is, is the goal just to get pictures of all the Pokemon in the park? To get pictures of the Pokemon, to get them doing different stuff, to get you uh, like take pictures with yours, with yourself and the animal or the Pokemon in the back. I just don't understand this game. I'll be honest. It seems like if I wanted to go take pictures of something, there is a zoo, literally a few miles or a few minute drive from wherever you live Go check out your local zoo and you can see these animals for real. They might not like shoot fire or, you know, like pee out of their forehead or whatever some of these Pokemon do. But I just, <laughs> Pokemon seems so weird to me. Like it seems like a real weird game. I know people, you know, in Animal Crossing are trying to pay off a mortgage virtually, which, you know, is something people do in real life. I just, I don't get the Pokemon Snap. I don't understand it. Well, for one thing, your local zoo is not going to have a Lapras or a Squirtle. No, but you know what they got? They have alligators and crocodiles. You might even see a crazy, like, albino snake. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's it's definitely a game built more for people that can't wrap their head around the cockfighting nature of Pokemon. There's what? Well, the, what kind of Pokemon you know, are the, you playing, Chuck? You know the premise of Pokemon. You catch these creatures, and then you make them fight each other. Oh man, what do you say it like that? It sounds really bad. It does. It really yeah, well, does. It, it kind of is. Oh, Pikachu! Like Pikachu's in the cage, and you're hitting it with a cattle prod to make him angry. You're getting ready for a fight. I, well, <laughs> you're not that far off, honestly. <laughs> man, oh man. Uh, I don't know. I'm certainly not as hyped for Pokemon Snap as I was for something like Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. but it's neat that they've taken a game that was big on the Nintendo 64 and, and redone it for the, uh, for the switch. Is this going to be a regular price like title, like a 50, $60 title? I think so. Yeah. Which will be weird because it doesn't sound like it has a lot to it. Yeah. I don't, what's the replay value. Once you see a Pikachu in the, in his natural, it's imaginary natural habitat. Then what do you do? Oh, cool. There's a a lot of things you can actually uh, do in Pokemon snap is actually interesting. Let um, us know, Mark. Just, Mark, let us know. Tell us about it. <laughs> tell, tell me on Pokemon no Snap. All right, got you, man. So in the Nintendo 64 version, what happens is they put you in a cart and uh, they have you ride on this particular track. So it's not like you're running around freehands. 
you know, like running around willy nilly, like, oh, a puckabot, take a picture. It's like it makes it a little bit of skill to the game because you only could turn around 360 and just be able to catch what's on the trail. So to allow you to throw objects, to have them do different things. And it's cool for people who are like photographers and things like that, because at the end, it rates you on how well you took the picture. Whether if it was blurry, okay. whether if oh. um, you know you got them doing something, or you got more than one Pokemon, and then you try to beat your score. So as you get that, you get to unlock different things to make the maybe you can make the Pokemon evolve immediately like that, or any of those particular. So there's a lot of different ones. So I wonder with this one, since there's so many different kinds of Pokemon, they probably got many different tools that can be able to you know be able to trigger a picture. You know, you throw an apple to Pikachu, like, hey, look at me. And then they take a picture, and then, oh, the Pikachu is smiling. You get 200 points. That's basically how they uh, made the game scale hmm. like that. So by having it with the Switch and uh, putting it together, they might have some kind of, you know, accessory for kids. So that's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to, you know, other than it just being running around Pokemon and you train them and battle badges and things of that nature, they decide to go another spin as in, like, you know, Pokemon look really cool. So they wanted to make some kind of, of Amish-based situation where it'll be like, hey, look at how the design they made this Pokemon. Or people that never even really know about Pokemon, they use that as an informative basis to be able to be like, yeah, okay, so I know what this Pokemon is and all that, which will remarket them back to the old games they play and probably do that. That's just what Nintendo does. They like to re market you with the same characters that you're recognizing about with and then that's how they build the games man they just you know re- repetitive cycle from there gotcha okay well that sounds a little more interesting a little more replay value yeah with your beat trying to beat the score you'll say it's a good thing mark yeah. was here this week <laughs> yeah he could sell, sell you on pokemon snap way more than <laughs> way better than i can I would hope that with it being on the Nintendo Switch that there would be um, multiple tracks, like maybe based on different games. So there'll be different Pokemon, depending on which game track you're playing on. I hope I would, so. It's been 20 years. <laughs> I would think, too, with the Switch, because it's a portable system, that it's going to have kind of like the thing with Pokemon Go where you can move your phone around and, and you know get, a, get you the Pikachu from a different angle. We'll have to wait and see. But another thing that uh, actually just a couple of hours ago, Nintendo revealed is that they're working with a uh, Chinese studio to make a new game for Pokemon called Pokemon Unite, which is essentially League of Legends with Pokemon. It's a five on five match where uh, you get everybody chooses a particular Pokemon and you've got one arena to uh, fight in as uh, five man teams of Pokemon. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the stand- go ahead. <laughs> it's a standoff. You go. <laughs> go. Somebody no, say no, a no. word. No, no you. you go. Does somebody say something. I'm getting really uncomfortable right now. Much like League of Legends or Heroes of the Storm or any MOBA, which I've, I've heard that term so many times, but I have no idea what it stands for. Thank you, because I saw that in a headline and I'm like, what the hell is MOBA? I'm like multiple oba oba. It's a multiple oba. A multiple oba. <laughs> well, you can't have you can't have any too many mobas. Need more than I've one. I've heard that when you have multiple obas, you need to uh, make sure you're hydrated and you get plenty of rest afterwards. Oh man, I don't think I've ever had a more more than one moba at a time. <laughs> All right. Well, you've inspired me to actually Google it while we're talking. It stands for Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. 
There we go. Thank you. I, I was starting to get to uh, before I kept stepping on your toes a couple seconds ago. I was I got to multi multiple online, and then I was like, I don't know what the BA is. BA Brackus. Right. I don't know. Badass. Yeah, multiple online badasses. Badassery. <laughs> How about that badassery? Yeah, bad, absolutely badassery. You got some badassery on your Twitch channel every uh, every week. Damn straight. <laughs> but the, My Twitch uh, channel was that, built on badassery. That's true. The company that's putting this together for Nintendo is also known for doing the Call of Duty mobile game. And they're calling it a free-to-start game that's going to be available on mobile devices and the Nintendo Switch with cross-play support. Free-to-start yeah, which is probably like how a lot of these games work. Like there will be particular Pokemon that you can play right from the get go without having to pay any money. But then if you want the really cool ones, you mm. have to throw money at it. Gotcha. If you want the Pokemon that'll do any damage in the battle arena, it'll cost you nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, something like that. Kids, get your parents' credit cards ready, and don't ask for permission. <laughs> <laughs> do not ask for permission just do it yeah and tell your parents your friends told you to if you're a pokemon fan though this this should be fun uh james you used to play the call of duty mobile game you said they did a good job on that yeah i thought the, the call of duty mobile game was excellent it was just almost virtually the same experience you would get playing it on a console uh but the, the only thing i had uh, really a complaint about was well, I was playing the free version. So mm-hmm. if you're playing a multiplayer, they put you in random type of game modes. It wasn't always deathmatch. Oh. You'd either be in a deathmatch or you'd be in one of those like uh, where you have to hold the certain points on the map for so long modes. Mm-hmm. It was like that. Because I used to play deathmatch uh, mode in between uh, uh, segments in the morning show. So during commercials, I'd fire up the Call of Duty. I'd hop in a couple of deathmatches and play through i could usually have time for at least one and maybe two during a commercial break and then to be back to work and then once they started putting you into the different uh like hold point modes yeah the domination uh, i, I think wouldn't have time it. yeah like a domination type yeah. thing there wasn't enough time to get enough points to end a match so i'd be like oh man we're in the middle of a match and we're winning but i gotta i gotta peace out i gotta i gotta get back to work right you got stuff to do yeah it's nice to hear that somebody else goofs off at work by playing video games. <laughs> well, technically, it's commercial break. So as long as my yeah, posts and stuff are done, I don't consider it goofing off. I'm just we don't get a lunch break. We don't get any kind of breaks. We don't get any kind of, uh, you know, breaks in work that are mandated by the government in terms of how long you work. So that's when I take my break is during commercials, as long as there's nothing else crazy going on. Look, if some of our coworkers can go out on the on the porch and smoke a cigarette during commercials i think you should absolutely be entitled to play a little video games and that i agree and some of them can go out and smoke a cigarette during commercials and during some of the music that they play <laughs> that's when true they work on a show that's four and a half hours of straight talking there's no music to play to go take a break or take a poop or anything you got to fit right. it all in on the company mandated commercial break times I can get to hear Mark, the inside where, do you, uh, where do you sit on this pokemon moba is it something that interests you you know what? I'm not. Um, I'm not particularly sure. There's a lot of um, mobile games actually coming in. I just, you know, I got to see what it is. Cause I like Pokemon Go a lot because, um, ironically, I was working for uh, for Disney back then when you know Pokemon Go first came out, and you know it was it was 
everybody's minds. You you see everybody down the street with their phone in front of their face, like it's their selfie stick or something. Be like, I'm about to catch a Pokemon, and it's like you're like 45, dude. All right, <laughs> yeah. People are getting the cops called on them because they're trespassing on property, trying to catch a Pokemon on the Pokemon Go phone. It was you, you couldn't escape it. <laughs> I, I, you, you blew right past something there that I didn't know, Mark. So, so you worked for Disney? Yeah. I worked for, right. for about five or six years. Yeah. All right. So, so tell us some Star Wars and Marvel stuff because they got that <laughs> stuff on lockdown, man. You don't work there anymore. So. <laughs> Give us the tea. He probably signed a contract that he can't reveal any of the, the big mouse secrets. Do man. they chip that, like your head no. will explode if you reveal no, anything? No, no, no. This isn't the Belco experience. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Nothing like that. That they can keep as much under wraps as they can. Oh yeah, man. It's it was a definite experience. I worked at Disney World and Disneyland, so I got to see both sides of the parks and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, the craziest rule I remember, and a lot of people don't know this, so don't so don't do this really. But I found out that when you work for Disney and things like that, let's say there's a guest. They don't call him a customer. They call him a guest, right? And they right. say something like, let's say this guest gets out of control and, you know, wants to fight or something. Um, as, a, as a cast member or like that, hey. you can't respond. You can't block. You can't fight back. You can't do anything like that at all. You have to take it. Oh. You hear so that, now you can go to Star Wars land. You can beat the crap out of anybody in the Star Wars universe you don't like, and they can't fight back. Dude, I am so right. drop-kicking an Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're wearing the giant Mickey Mouse head and somebody just hauls off and punches you, you just got to take it and fall Unfortunately, down. Unfortunately, it didn't let the authorities do it because they don't want to take a chance if that Mickey actually has some hands from Mike Tyson or something. And then, oh, I'm, I'm injured. And then, you know, it looks Can really you imagine bad. the viral nature of somebody getting roasted by Donald Duck. Right. <laughs> would be pretty I would awesome. love to see that video. I would love to see that video. Like some real, like, piece of garbage, like adult who's getting in the face of, like, some mascot. And pow! Yeah. An uppercut you weren't expecting. You just see it come out flying backwards. It go viral <laughs> in thirty yeah. seconds, oh. and that's like longer. That's like shorter than the video upload. Some dude <laughs> screaming at Goofy, and suddenly he gets an RKO out of nowhere. Right? Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> when you wish upon a star—that's all going through my mind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Slow motion as they get as they go flying back from the hit to the face. Yeah. Jiminy Cricket singing a song. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys are going to have to indulge me for just a couple of minutes here because there's actually Transformers news. Uh-oh. That, uh, oh, I am excited. Can I, maybe, can I take a bathroom break or something while you do this? No, you have to listen. <laughs> oh, God. Listen to me talk about my robot cars. All right. You go ahead. I'm going to sit down. Okay. So uh, Netflix has been working on a animated show for the current line of toys called Transformers War for Cybertron Siege. What? What is that noise? Sorry, my computer fired up. Had to mute it. I apologize. <laughs> I thought you were actually listening to When You Wish Upon a Star back there. <laughs> no, no. That's just my computer. I got a big download, uh, an update on my PS4 that's firing through, and the music started coming through the computer speakers Listen, on my other my oh, streaming okay. computer. Chuck, while you're talking Transformers, right. we got to occupy ourselves somehow. James is over there watching I, videos, and I'm taking a nap. I'm sure 
Somebody looking at a button. My voice is real interested in this. <laughs> Not even Mark's interested in this. <laughs> All right. Well, Netflix. Michael is, uh, Bay doesn't even give a shit. Uh, oh, clearly brutal. Netflix has an animated cartoon they're working on. They said last week that it was going to be delayed because of COVID-19, which it's an animated series. So unless something's wrong with the animators or the voice cast, I don't know how you delay an animated series because of COVID. However, they released on Monday a trailer that says it is coming out July 30th. And I'm, that's good news for you. We'll win this war. I'll play you a bit of it here. Assemble every division, every Decepticon we have. This is the final day of the auto. So it's all like CGI Transformers. Yep. Well, not like the ones in the movies were real, but you know what? It's like a, <laughs> what? It's like a Clone Wars CGI type animation. That Camaro totally turned into Bumblebee. Yeah, sure. Don't tell me that that was that was real. Oh, sorry, Chuck. Got some <laughs> bad news for you because no, that was all computer generated graphics. No, you're yes. that you're lying. Oop, no, next you're gonna tell me that uh, Baby Yoda is just a puppet. Baby Yoda's mm, just yeah. a puppet, and sex and porn is like real life. Oh. Mm. <sighs> All not true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the sex and porn might be for some people, but for the, no, the majority. I'm not your word. You said all of that was not true. <laughs> all of it. Well, Baby Yoda yeah. real. They actually made a Camaro that turns into Bumblebee. Chuck, one day when you're old enough, I'm going to let you know what's going on with Santa. Okay. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Um, but something else that, that happened this week, we've been talking about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was the 30th anniversary of Pac-Man. And uh, mm-hmm. a yep. lot of uh, movies from the 80s, we're seeing a 25th or 30th anniversary of uh, this week. Actually, yesterday was the 10th anniversary of my favorite Transformers video game of all time. Transformers War for Cybertron, hmm. which unfortunately you can no longer get on the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One. And they, they shut down in April the multiplayer servers, which is one of the reasons it was one of my favorite games. But you can still go to the used game store, go online and pick up a copy for the PlayStation 3 or the Xbox 360 if you've got one. And if you do, I highly recommend it because it is definitely one of my favorite experiences on my Xbox 360. Yeah, so hop in your time machine and go back about eight years and then play this game. Play this game. You can't play the multiplayer anymore, which is a bummer. But you can play the single player, which was absolutely fantastic. Both the War for Cybertron and the Fall for Cybertron games were really neat. What all was involved in the multiplayer? Was it like player versus player stuff? It or was. Like you, had, you, had, to... you had teams of 10 that would go against each other. And you would have, like most multiplayer games, you'd have deathmatch. Uh, you would have um, capture the flag modes. And the thing that was cool is you could take the character models for characters like Bumblebee or Ratchet or Megatron, and you could re repaint them, reskin them and then name them yourself. So you what could was your re- transformer. Oh, I named all my transformers after like wrestling moves. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what, what was the like Chizuk former? You know? Yeah. I, I, I had a, I had a, Prime and a body with a, a real fancy <laughs> paint job. I did have the Optimus Prime body, but instead of the red and blue, I went red and green. So he was like Christmas colors. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so disappointed in the Christmas colors. 
Bah humbug. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that was cool is that even more disappointed now. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that was cool is that each of the different there there were four classes essentially that you could play in, kind of like in Realm Royale, how you've got the yeah. the warrior and the mage Another and everything. Warrior, assassin, mage, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And each of the different classes would have different abilities that they were they were good at. Like the the jet class had a, a healing uh, ability that none of the other classes had. So if you're playing jet class, you were more of a support role. And if you were playing like the Optimus Prime truck class, then you had more hit points than everybody. So you were a tank. You were a warrior. Right. But the uh, DPS, the damage per second player. See, I'm learning some stuff over at Checkpoint. I, I see that. Oh, my God. I got nothing. I really hope Robbie's listening. He <laughs> understands that I just use DPS appropriately. <laughs> I'll, oh, to, I'll Rob- shoot him out. I'll Rob- shoot him this audio clip to give you a little bit of cloud. Robbie doesn't have a life. Of course he's listening. Oh, my God. I'm, <laughs> you, you guys can rip on Robbie all you want. I'm out of this game, man. He hurt my feelings a couple weeks ago, so I'm not playing anymore. Don't, don't let him hurt you. I'm going to train my Super Smash. too late. He already did. I'm going to start. I'm going to train for my Super Smash Brothers, and I'm going to try to beat him with the expectation that I will not. But if I do, then I've got something to hold over him and I can trash talk. <laughs> you definitely should. You should definitely train for that match. Oh, I am. Watch Trust some me, YouTube videos. Find like the find like who, what is the easiest character to be really good with in Smash Brothers? Right. Train. Watch yeah. the YouTube videos. Learn all the tricks. Learn all the secret moves. All all the weapons. Whatever. I've never. I've only played it a couple times. But you figure out everything. He and then he, he take set him up down. What, what what the he wants no items. He wants uh three stock, which means he got three lives, and then you're done. Uh, and he's already said what character he's called. So I've set up a thing in my in my Smash Brothers game to just fight that character. And I sit down every Perfect. couple of days and I play that character and I start on the lowest difficulty level and I go up to the point where I can't beat it anymore. Just to that's I, I want to be ready. A good way, good way to do it. I'm, I'm you almost serious. should be the same character. So then you guys are equal playing fields. It's the same character against the same character. Who's the best? Not a bad idea because he wants to be Cloud from Final Fantasy VII, and Cloud's a pretty good character. Well, Cloud carries a big sword. Nah, I don't know why he wants to be that character. <laughs> right? you're, when you're, you're hung like Cloud. You're destined to win. But I keep taking Kirby, which means I can suck him up and then steal his. Oh Cloud my god! Ooh, that's perfect. Yeah, you can take the whole sword. You're like a sword swallower, Kirby. <laughs> oh, <good point. laughs> What's that, Mark? Yeah. Oh, we told you we'd make it erotic. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, do you it's play very erotic. Brothers? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Play right, Smash. Tips, I'm how am I going to be Robbie? Who's the best character to play? What are what are some of the things I got to look out for? Oh goodness, man! Smash <laughs> has so many characters. I just think they just like you know, make deals with indie developers. Like, huh, you haven't heard of Earl and Turtle Jam in a while? Well, guess what? You get to be a Smash <laughs> Brothers character. Like, what? Do you see Vector Man come back? The Tick? Comic Zone? Like, what's going on? It's like they're having a, like a like superhero character pick in Super Smash Brothers all of a sudden. Toe Jam and Earl. Is Toe Jam and Earl really available in Smash Brothers? They are not. No. Oh. Oh, you almost had me sold. I would have bought the game if I could play as Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> right. You can be Sonic. They beat, they beat the opponents up with a bong or something. Yeah, right. They open up Christmas gifts, and then they find weapons inside. 
All right. Well, one last bit of Transformers news, and then I'll shut up about my robots. Uh, there is a new Transformers game on the way for the PlayStation 4, the PC, and the Nintendo Switch, as well as the Xbox One. It's coming out October 23rd, and it's called Transformers Battlegrounds. Um, I don't have a lot of information on what kind of game it's going to be. It's called a tactical warfare adventure, which doesn't uh, doesn't give me a lot of hope as far as the games that I was just talking about. Those were more of a third person shoot 'em up game. But uh, it's a new Transformers game, so I'm excited for it. Fair enough. All right. Well, we're going to come back with some more Nerd Radio. We're going to wake up Al, get him some coffee, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) we're going to talk to Mr. Mark Cooper about his new album. And I've uh, I've got a video game question for our listeners and for you guys while we're here. So we'll get to that next on Nerd Radio. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. (laughs) Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. This is Nerd Radio. Okay, magic cards, go. Uh, yeah, magic cards, they're, uh, they're pieces of cardboard, okay. and uh, you play them on the ground, and people play cards against you, and first one to go down to 20 wins from 20. All right, thanks for listening to Nerd Radio, and we out. That's all we got. Welcome back to this week's Nerd Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts, as part of the B-Pod Studios Network, and of course, all over your social media at Nerd Radio 101. And speaking of social media, we'll share this on our social media, but as of this recording, uh, we're, we're sitting here on a Wednesday afternoon, I posted a uh, poll over on my Twitter that uh, both Robbie and Callie from Checkpoint have already been back and forth about this, but I have two games that are recognized as the worst games of their respective franchises. Okay. And I'm wanting, I'm wanting the internet and you at home to let me know which one should I spend the summer suffering through and regretting having purchased. Um, <laughs> glad for punishment, huh? Ah. Yeah. Well, I already spent the money. I own them. I've not played. You already them. own them. Okay. Yeah. I already own yeah. them. It's just a matter of which one of these do I need to take out of my backlog or my backlog and yeah. try to play until right well one of these is definitely dropping a bat log uh is part of the problem here we're also talking to (laughs) a guy here who was like i don't know i'm 600 hours into final fantasy 15 i don't know if i like it yet or not yep and that's one of the games uh final fantasy 13 okay which is pretty much widely recognized as the worst final fantasy game for various reasons and mass effect andromeda which was the last mass effect they made which was supposed to be part of a series but did so poorly that they totally canned the idea of making another one. Well, so I've got a poll. cliffhanger. Yep. I've got a poll up on my Twitter. Like I said, we'll share it over on, uh, over on the nerd radio Twitter. And I'm curious for everybody to vote. You got like seven days when this comes out, you'll still have five days left to vote, to find out what game I need to suffer through. Cause I've bought them. I bought mass effect Andromeda. Thankfully is just one game. Uh, Final fantasy three was split over three games. And I bought all three of them and the strategy guide for the first one. Wow. So, three like, games? I'm going to play it. I'm assuming he means three discs. Yeah, there was Final Fantasy 13. There was Final Fantasy 13 Part 2. Oh. And then there was a third one called Lightning Returns. No, he does mean three games. Holy cow. Yep. And I know I'll play it eventually because I want to play all the Final Fantasies. 
But that's your fantasy. I, that's Chuck's final fantasy is to play all the all final, final fantasies. fantasies. Yeah, I thought I thought so far. Thirteen was the one that I had uh, the last one I had played. Where I remember I've told you before, I spent yep. like, all that extra time leveling up my character, and then like hours, and then I turned the corner and I was obsolete. I thought it was thirteen, yep. but I don't remember that like multiple game thing. Maybe it was twelve that I had. I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, those are the only two I haven't. The only two single player ones I have not experienced yet is twelve and thirteen. Okay, so. I'm sure I'll get to that point with one of them and we'll have the conversation like, Al, Al, I know exactly what you mean. I just did it. I just leveled up for two hours and then 10 minutes later, I had to level up more. It was 13. 12, I think, was on the PS2 still. Yeah. Yeah. 13 was on the Xbox and the the Xbox 360 and the PS3. Yeah. So that is that is the the one. 13 was the one. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. So I hope you guys will go over and vote on my uh, on my Twitter. Let me know which game that I need to suffer through. But here's something you are not going to suffer through because Mr. Mark Cooper was kind enough to give me an advance copy of uh, his new record, which is called Test Drive. And uh, he's on the show with us today specifically to talk about it. We talked at the top of the show, Mark, about you kind of gave the elevator pitch on Test Drive. You said this is the third uh, chapter, essentially, of your uh, your Player One series. Tell people what the Player One series is all about. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> the best way I can explain that is uh, the Player One series is just like any as nerdy as you can get. It's literally as in I get stuck in a video game, which is called Nerdcore, which a lot of people may not know, which is an actual music genre that's dedicated to nerd culture. So you'll see songs about from anime to cartoons, nostalgic things, 80s movies, um, video games, you name it. So, but the thing is about it being with rap, it was like one of those things like, well, it's not the mainstream stuff we're used to, so let's just put in the box on the shelf and the top shelf. You know, it exists. It's just, you know, we just don't mess with it like that. So it's like one of those kind of aspects. So what I did was basically made a whole music series to combine all those nerd things to just show that, hey, this kind of thing exists. So I go through a story and just like any other video game, you have a, you know, like a tutorial person that guides you through the game, like on Borderlands or Cortana for Halo, etc. Did that and just combine my nerd talents and music and put it together. And that's where we are without telling the story the best way, you know. So you right. guys can be able to hear everything else yet. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that you've got this like ongoing story, almost in the same way that like Coheed and Cambria uh, put together or, or the band Rush. A lot of prog rock bands will put together these fantasy stories or something like that. And you've got this this ongoing um, almost Tron like story, like you were saying, where you're stuck in a video game. Is this something you came up with in the last couple of years or is this the kind of thing that like as a kid you had this cool like wouldn't it be cool to stuck be stuck in a video game and get to meet optimus prime and goku you know what to be honest um you know when i was in in 2007 around that time i used to play you know pretty competitive in halo 3 back then back in the game battles and things like that and uh, that was around the time when like young jeezy was popular and he came up with a song called i put off for my city so this is around the era where YouTube was starting to get bigger and then a lot of, you know, nerdy songs start coming out, like where they were making different raps about Halo and things like that, because you could be able to take the video, which was a big deal because everybody was trying to figure out, well, can somebody take my game footage you know, and make it a montage for me? And, you know, that was the really 
big thing. That was the final boss, washy, strong side days. You know what I mean? So when I found out about it, going back fast forward, I made a song called IBR for myself. And it was something I had fun with. And then somebody woke me up in the morning and said, like, Mark, you're on Bungie.net. What are you talking about? The video I made was on the front page of Bungie.net. So I was like, oh, goodness. Mm. You know? So when I found out about it, I didn't even know, you know, a, a lane like Nerdcore even existed. I just thought it was just something that, you know, you know, a couple of our friends may know about. But then I found out it was way before, but they went to cons and conventions. And that was something I was never hit to or anything. I knew about it. But when it comes to getting trapped in the game, I've always been a fan of Tron. I've always been a fan of Running Man. Uh, you know, Terminator 2 also has those same kind of vibes, you know, whether you look at it's real life or not, mm-hmm. in the, the same feel. And those are the things that really inspire me. And I've always been inspired by nostalgic things. You know, I was that kid that would yell at the screen at the people who don't put the shrine of the silver monkey together correctly on Legend of Hidden <laughs> Temple. I was, you know, I, I, I was that guy. I was yeah. like, how? It's three pieces. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I, I was one of those. Like, I always wanted to be on Wild and Crazy Kids, get mad at the parents and the kids. Like, I could do so much better than them. And, you're watching the kids on Double Dare and being like, the flag is right there. Exactly. That's me. <laughs> Mark, take them out the game. Mark Summers, please, just just give them the Constellation Prize. You know, that's, how I that's cool. So with this particular album, you seem to have gone in a like a vaporwave direction, which is very, very interesting. Uh, what what caused you to decide to like use that musical genre this time around? Well, to be honest, um, I've always been a fan of 80s movies because the whole montage thing, it's like such an inspiration in anything. Like when you watch an anime, seeing somebody train or like one of my favorites is always going to be Rocky. Rocky is always one of my favorite 80s collections, period, personally, for me. And I just like I like the emotion it gives you when it came to vaporwave stuff like that. Like you already knew something was going to get serious. It was like the type of music where you can literally feel what's about to happen personally like other than just being you know orchestra and be like oh sad string somebody's gonna die you know what i mean but when right. it comes to the 80s you were just super hype and then the, the drums came in do, 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 like the phil collins stuff and right. it's just it's just like electronic and it's something that was like never really mentioned before so when i heard about synthwave when i heard a scandroid that's from here and, you know, knowing that Michigan, you know, is Detroit is known for the origin of techno as well by combining those. I'm like, you know, this actually might be really cool to do. And I've always been synth heavy with all of my beats and things like that. And I like that inspirational thing. That's why I like Transformers. That's why I like the RoboCops and Terminator and, you know, those kind of movies because it just triggered that emotion. So that's why I got into that particular music. because I was already doing synth stuff already. But taking that approach and then after hearing seeing the Stranger Things, I was all in. It was it was a wrap. And I've always been a huge Daft Punk fan as well. So when I got a chance to see Tron Legacy, like when it came out with Disney, I still got the Tron hoodie from, you know, Electronica, which is what they called it for the Disney Park. I still got that hoodie to this day. And it's just amazing. So that's why I get really inspired by doing that kind of stuff. Now you also added uh, some of your favorite podcasts into like uh, little end tags to some of the uh, songs. What was the yes. inspiration behind doing that? Well, to be honest, um, for me being you know in hip hop and things like that, 
we always hear, you know, like maybe sometimes they might get like Eminem be like, yeah, man, dope record dog, you know, you know, you know, check out this project, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, those kind of influencers. But I was thinking, you know, this is a nerd based project and it would be really great that other individuals will finally be able to see like, hey, there's some podcasts you can listen to because nowadays people are so scared of listening to the news. They maybe don't want to hear about politics all the time or hear about mm-hmm. sports all the time and things like that. Sometimes a person wants to check out nerd radio and see what they said about E3 that I missed. And sometimes people just don't have the time to be able to, um, you know, watch those things. They don't have three hours of time. They got kids or they got to go to work or something. You can go right in the car, turn it on and be able to know everything that you need to know. And that's what I like about, you know, your podcast and the others I put in there as well, because not because you guys supported me and showed me love for things like that. I really enjoyed the content and I really wanted to find a way to make something music related that you're in the car, which is called test drive and listen to other people when it comes to podcasts. So that's why I did it like that. Well, you can see that our check cleared. He got our money. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, when is test drive coming out and where can people find it? It'll be a uh, July 9th for all streaming platforms. And speaking of anniversaries, it'll be the 38th, year anniversary when the first Tron came in theaters. Oh, wow. Nice. July 9th. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so that's why I did that because the first album, I Am Player One, you see me in the Tron outfit because that's yep. considered the original Player One. So I went on that because all the older games used to be Player A, Player B, and a lot of people don't remember that. Before it was Player One and Two, it was Player A, Player B. So when Tron came out and those things like that, they were the ones that really inspired the word Player One. So that's why I wanted to bring into it well i'm looking forward to uh the rest of the world getting to hear this this album i really really enjoyed uh the song drive you've got an amazing guitar solo going on on that song oh yeah man that's um i actually reached out to some people all the way in finland that do synthwave and um that guy that was doing the guitar his name was a runaway droid so i got um his album just released and i did a song with him on his track called trek wars which i combined star wars and star trek lyrics to intertwine and interlace them. So it's like, you know, there's always the big argument between Star Trek and Star Wars. I said, all right, I'll just bring it together and call it a day. Cool. I like that. <laughs> now, yeah. Now you're talking Albex language <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, Mark. Well, thanks for being on Nerd Radio with us. I encourage all of you guys to go out and check this out when it uh, hits the streaming platforms in a couple of weeks. And I encourage you guys to uh, come back and listen to more Nerd Radio next week. Myself, Al Beck, and James talking about all things nerd. Guys, you got anything to uh, wrap us up with? Almost never. No. Almost never. never. Excellent. I wasn't prepared for a closing statement. I apologize. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this because it's always funny to me that you guys are like, uh, uh. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep doing this every week. I'm going to have a whole like, filibuster ready for you one day. So you better be careful. All right. I'm looking forward to it. With the extended edition of nerd radio. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That'll end up taking up 45 minutes of the show. This is this giant Whoa. filibuster that James does. <laughs> I'm going to epically read page or panel by panel. Rotten tail, the comic. Oh, geez. Well, that's our, uh, that's our source point press friends. So we're all good with that. Yeah. All right. We'll this be back. Be very hard to do. There's a lot of descriptive things to try to describe what's going on <laughs> in the panels. I can't just read the words. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just read the words for a comic. It doesn't, it doesn't quite yeah. work out that way. Mm.
Hey, don't do that. Why not? You won't understand what's going on. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Cooper, for joining us. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing your test drive album. Thanks, Al. Thanks, James, for indulging me while I talked about giant robots. And uh, yeah, Al's taking a nap already. I'm going to take a nap. James, uh, James will take a nap later on. It's nap radio. There we we'll go. see you next week. I'm in a difficult situation here. I mean, after all, you nerds. Have a great weekend. See you later, nerds. I have spoken. I really enjoy like <laughs> the joke yeah. of I'm going to talk about Transformers and you guys are just like, oh, Christ. <laughs> I couldn't come up with a good name for a boner that sounded like a Transformer. <laughs> Transboner. Oh, Transboner. Decepticon. Transboner. Yeah. Decepticons. Decepticons. Oh, yeah, there you go. Also good. Uh, We are rolling over here, Chuck.